Hey, Res Church, uh, Pastor Daniel here, and joining me today is Pastor Mark. Say hi, Pastor Mark. Hi, Pastor Mark. And we are going to uh, jump back into this review and discussion of the Resurrection Church core values. Today, we're going to going to talk about our first core value. Before we get into that, Pastor Mark, uh, when is the last time you went fishing? Last time I went fishing, uh, I, I went fishing for a couple of days. I took a couple of days off and I went to Lake Ming and I caught absolutely nothing, but it was an incredible day of fishing. <laughs> uh, I didn't get a bite. I didn't get anything, but there was no one out there and the temperatures were great. The sun was out. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, I got to see God's glory and have some some rest while I was out doing it fishing. Oh, so they say good. a bad day fishing beats the best day at work. Exactly. I don't agree, but I do like oh. fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I like work, so <laughs> I don't I don't know I can I can agree, but yeah, I I need to get uh I need to get out and fish again. Uh, I got a couple kids that actually enjoy it, but I have to pull them out there and I have to make it happen, so. Yeah. 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 I'm going to try to pull together um a group from the church to go deep sea fishing. I oh, think it's going to be fun. I, I don't yeah. know when we're going to be able to do that, but uh, man, that sounds like a blast. Sounds like a good midsummer sort of thing when it gets like baking in Bakersfield. It's uh, like go to the coast where it's nice. 60 degrees out oh, on the water. It'd be love, beautiful. Love it. Awesome. Well, we're, uh, we're going to be covering our first core value today. That's the value of identity. Uh, our core value says this, believers are God's treasured possessions, sons and daughters of the King. We must realize this new identity by living dynamic, spirit-led lives with entirely new priorities and standards. Mr. Mark, why do you think uh, the elders with conviction wanted this to be both one of the core values and the first core value? Because you have to be rooted Mm -hmm. in Christ, right? You have to be rooted there. And if you don't understand who you are in Christ— Everything goes off the rockers. I mean, it is so tough. Uh, I I definitely have stories upon stories of where I've had my identity tied into um, position or tied into jobs or mm-hmm. tied into um, uh, marital status or different things. And um, and man, <laughs> man, that was a rough time, right? And and without understanding who you are and mm-hmm. what God's created you to do, uh, it's really hard to go anywhere else. You know, it's interesting that you know, we we have this term identity and and we have this description about being uh, rooted in, as a child of God and, and and new creation and new new values and all those things are right out of the Bible. Uh, these aren't new things. These are these are things that are two thousand plus years old. I mean, go all the way back to the New Testament, and read this about what Jesus would say about us, about what uh, Paul will say about us, so on and so forth. But yet, here in modern time, in twenty twenty three. Has identity ever been a bigger issue and a bigger source of dysfunction in our culture today? I mean, my goodness, you can't look anywhere without just massive identity issues yeah. uh, around gender, around sexuality, around work and performance, around uh, social status. Uh, I mean, social media. Let me let me pretend to be someone else who's valued more than I think I value myself. I mean. It, it it seems like maybe one of, if not the largest, the problem seems ubiquitous. Like everybody, everybody are universal in, in our culture and it's insidious. This identity issue is just, uh, I think we have a country now where the majority of the country 
because they don't have identity in Christ, they have identity problems. And I would just submit that if you don't have an identity in Christ, you have identity problems. And so an entire culture with identity problems. Yeah. Did you uh, see the Jesus Revolution movie? Yeah. I saw, I watched that a couple of weeks ago and there was a line in there where, um, where the, the pastor meets the, the one hippie dude. Um, I forget his name. And Lonnie. Uh, yeah, Lonnie. And he was just like, yeah, my people, they're searching for God. They, 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 that's what they're doing and they're doing it in all the wrong ways. There's, and, and I was like, man. Ugh. And I just thought about that with like all of the, the different pronouns that exist today and all, and they're searching, they're searching, searching for something. For identity. And I'm like, man, that's what it is. And I was like, you know, that I think that fits right into this. Well, and there's a, there's two parts to that value. I think understanding, having a better view of who God is gives you a higher, higher view of him. Yeah. And that that's intrinsically linked to we are a child of God. So, right. so our new status, adopted sons and daughters of the king, it matters. But but first you have to understand the king. And when yeah. you when you get a better picture of the king, boy, it really elevates what an identity in Christ means, uh, has direct implications on you and I. Uh, I love also the idea that Christianity was not intended to be boring. Yeah. It is not boring. That is for certain. Dynamic and spirit-led Christianity is not the stereotypical Christian, you know, the Ned Flanders Christian that they're gonna they're gonna put out there in movies or in shows or what have you. Uh, and in fact, if you've read biographies of, of notable Christians and church fathers, and it, none of it was boring. It was yeah. all dynamic. When you're actually searching for, what do you want me to do? What are your goals, not my goals? Like when you start searching and actually taking action on that stuff, your life is full, so full. Well, and, you know, in in probably the last uh, five years, particularly, five, six years, we've seen, you know, California's gone through a pretty big mass exodus of its population base. Uh, I don't know what the current numbers are, but it's a large quantity of people have left California because of um, mostly the politics and cost of living. And it's always interesting to me when I talk to believers who who are going to leave or, or want to leave, because I'm, you know, I want to ask like, oh, where, where, what does God have for you? Where does he, if, if you want to leave, where is he leading you to? Because I don't think typically God sits around and goes, you better get out of California. I mean, he didn't say get out of Rome. Yeah. It, it was, it was, what is he leading you to do? Uh, and I, you know, and just for so many people who claim Christ as king, they're not asking, I feel like they're not even asking that question. They're not even asking, what does the king want me to do? Which to me seems really weird as, you know, someone yeah. who declares a king. Yeah. He wants you to get out of the, out of the uh, enemy, enemy territory and go live in a safe Christian environment. That's, that's what he wants us to do. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't hear the sarcasm in Pastor Mark's voice, let me help uh, with that. My eyebrows were raised. They were raised. <laughs> uh, I, you know, here we are, royal priesthood. Here we are, ambassadors in a foreign nation, and sojourners. And man, when people ask me about, you know, that are out of state, ask me about living in California, usually with a little sort of like tinge of, of humor. You mm -hmm. know, oh, what's it like living in California? I go, man, there's so many people that need Jesus. Isn't it oh. great? I don't normally get the response yeah. they were waiting for there, you know. Um, but man, in history, 
you know, some of the greatest revivals and movements of God have been Christians responding to the need for Christ in areas where Christ didn't seem like he was present at all. They, they rushed into those environments. I mean, I think that's what's happening in the Middle East. I think it's happening in China. Yeah. You ever hear that story of uh, two shoe salesmen left Europe and went to Africa and uh, the correspondents back were completely different when they went to the same areas. Uh, the first one says, terrible, terrible. No one here wears shoes. We don't have a market. And the second one says, what an incredible opportunity. No one has shoes yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, perspective matters. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, your perspective is an outpouring of your identity. Right. Right. And when we say leave, live spirit-led lives, uh, and then it says uh, with entirely new priorities and standards, where are they coming from? It's mm. coming from God, right? So now we're saying we are going to live by obedience to God, go where he tells us to do, and we're going to look at things the way he says we should look at things. Well, and, you know, in some sense, when you ask a Christian, you know, hey, what are what are the priorities right now? I mean, if they haven't already, the answer should be, well, let me go ask dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not sure. That's not for me to decide. I'm not yeah. the king. So what does this value identity um, and, and, and sort of grasping hold of this identity in Christ, but also this idea of being spirit led? What does it, what does it look like in your life in practice to try to live a spirit led life? You know, it, it, it is intentional. You can't live a spirit-led life without the intentionality of I'm going to live a life that's dependent on mm. the spirit to, to guide me. Um, and so you have to figure out in a way, how do I do that? How do I live intentionally? Um, you have to start your morning with intentionality, um, which is not the easiest thing to do for, for a guy that doesn't like to check the check boxes. You know, yeah. I'm not a checkbox guy. And so for me to wake up in the morning and go, I need to be intentional. So let me go to checkbox one. That's tough for me, yeah. but it's that love. It's that change that God has inside of us that, uh, that really drives that home. But you have to be intentional. You have to set aside time to talk to God. Mm. You have to set aside time to, to just be quiet. Right. To, to, to shut out the noise, to hear what he's saying back. I remember um, when we first moved to Bakersfield, um, I would be driving into work at Kern Medical. And so I would be coming up Mount Vernon. And um, it was such a culture shock coming from South Carolina, a country town to, uh, to Bakersfield. And I remember just driving into work and I would say, God, help me see things the way you see things. Help me hear things the way you hear them. Help me help me be sad at the things that you're sad at. I remember looking at people and just tears coming to my eyes because I was asking God, Hey, show me, mm -hmm. help me understand. Mm -hmm. And I had time to be able to do that. And so without intentionality, it is super tough to live a life that's dynamic, relying on God. You know, margin in our lives, uh, when it comes to time, I think it's, it's just such an overlooked thing. You know, one of the things I, I, I'm the most concerned with in my own life when it, uh, my margins are slim is certainly there's a relational impact, wife, family, you know, responsibilities, but there's also an understanding that, man, the busier I get, the more I, I fill my time in order to be efficient with stuff that needs to get done, which I enjoy getting things done and 
uh, and all of that. But but what oftentimes gets sacrificed, rest and time just listening to the Lord. Right. Right. Quiet time. We say quiet, I mean like without distractions, I turn stuff off and I'm just just talking and listening. It's so easy to say, I spent time with God today because I read my Bible. Right. And you did. You you, you were able to hear some, you, you were able to hear God's written word, right? You were able to, to get that in at least. But did you have any time to sit in quiet mm. and to ponder what God is telling you? It's good. It's good. Pastor Mark, appreciate you spending some time with us going through this value today. At church, we hope this was encouraging to you. Uh, until we talk next time, may the Lord bless and keep you.